Well, what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. Where are you? Here. You've got a real attitude problem, McFly. You're a slacker. Listeners and welcome planet earth to the unreal talk show i am your host aaron scott walker and i will be with you for the next 55 minutes today thursday broadcast live on morton college radio 99.1 fm wzqc the q unreal talk show is also presented by the oops all topics podcast network reminding you to always lose your fears and find your voice follow or dm me on twitter at unreal t or <clears throat> excuse me email us directly at unreal talk show at gmail.com download and follow on podbean at oops all lastly download and review on apple podcast today is a very exciting episode our very first episode of unreal talk show being broadcast live on wzqc the q we are very excited to be a part of this and we hope that you are too if you are new to the program we like to talk about pop culture through the lens of movies and television Um, i discuss news wax philosophically we break down movies and we do a whole lot more I'm sure Jason has talked about on um, previous episodes of his podcast. Um, we do a, a watch-along series that we've been kind of continuing about every four weeks. So uh, be on the lookout for more of that. And again, you can get all of that on Podbe- uh, Podbean and Apple Podcasts. I'm always trying to bring new content to our dedicated listeners. So if you have anything that you want us to add or have discussed, please reach out to us. We love to hear from you guys. And I, the feedback that I've been receiving from our little cupcakes out there has been just absolutely amazing. As always, we have a fantastic show lined up for you today. Uh, today, we're going to first discuss current events with our In Case You Missed It segment. Afterwards, I have a new TV show that you guys need to start binge-watching. If, uh, if you haven't already seen this and you've been feeling like the woes of being quarantined and you just keep re-watching episodes of The Office and you just don't know what else there is to watch right now, let me point you in the right direction and we're going to do that here in this episode. Uh, then I'm going to finish up with a solo edition of our off-script segment to wrap us all up. Now, if you're new to <clears throat> excuse me, if you're new to the show, uh, I have done a couple of episodes where we talk about issues outside the normal scope of movies and television because sometimes we just want to talk about other things, other things that might just be on our mind, or you know, if nothing else is really going on in the movie industry, you know, we might just want something else to talk about. Um, the last couple of uh, off-script episodes I've done with uh, our music producer Christian Bedingfield, they are absolutely amazing. Um, one of them primarily goes over the uh, Black Lives Matter movement 
and the second one goes over primarily the cancel culture of America and where we're kind of at with that right now. I highly recommend you go uh, back into our catalog of episodes and check those out. Uh, they are really, really good episodes. Some of my favorite episodes are um, just ones where I can actually talk with you know somebody else. It's it's always it's it's much more fun, and I think you just get uh, the better out of two people whenever you have someone to bounce ideas off of. So uh, definitely, definitely check that out. Uh, today, after all um, of that, um, after a lot of self-reflection, I, I definitely wanted to talk about um, my life perspectives and how they've changed after dealing with cancer. Um, but before we dive into the, everything, uh, let's first hear back from our presenting sponsor, Morton College. I'll be back. Hey everyone, Aaron Scott Walker here, letting you know that the presenting sponsor of Unreal Talk Show and the Oops All Topics Network is Morton College. Did you know Morton College offers 17 associate's degrees in applied sciences, five transfer program degrees, and 40 career certificates, including programs like forklifting, pharmacy, welding, and vet tech, not to mention the number one nursing program in the Chicagoland area. Morton College is excited to offer day, evening, online, and hybrid courses during fall, summer, and spring semesters to meet demands of busy schedules. Whether you're looking to transfer to a four-year school or to earn credits towards a career, Morton College has classes and schedules for you. For more information, call 708-656-8000. Again, that number is 708-656-8000. Visit their Facebook page or visit their website, www.morton.edu. Now, back to the episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the Unreal Talk Show, part of the Oops All Topics Network. We are broadcast to you live on WZQC The Q, and we are going to now dive straight into our current events segment in our ongoing In Case You Missed It. da 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 that's our theme music, by the way. If you're not uh, familiar with it yet, you will, because it is in every single episode. Uh, <clears throat> uh, first, uh, we have to acknowledge a huge loss in the industry. Uh, Dame Diana Rigg, who played Lady Olena Tyrell in Game of Thrones and Tracy Bond uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, among many other roles, passed away on September 10th at 82 years old. Her family reported that she died peacefully and wished to have privacy in this very difficult time. Obviously understandable, as her reporter, or sorry, her agent reported. Uh, Lady Olena became a huge fan favorite of Game of Thrones after uh, being the one who brought down King Joffrey, probably the most hated character in all of Game of Thrones. I don't know, you know, I, I liked Game of Thrones and... I really en- I enjoyed everything that I watched of it, but I was not one of those fans that caught on to it early and watched it all the way through. I really didn't dive into it until my wife really pushed me to watch the first three seasons because that's what I was behind on. I had seen a few episodes of the fourth season, and she was just really, really pushing me to watch it. So I watched it, and I really liked it, but she loved it. And uh, sh- I just don't know if i've ever seen someone else hate a character as much um but i guess i should have said spoiler alert Uh, but i think there's like a two-year moratorium on spoilers Uh, sorry if 
you didn't know that King Joffrey died and that she was the one who killed him. Um, <clears throat> but she was very, very happy to see that scene. And I would say the only other person that I've seen that's been that like visually satisfied with a terrible character getting their just due in a series, or at least in this specific series, uh, was whenever Tyrion killed his dad while he was on the loo. <laughs> uh, while I, I was watching that with my dad, and while we were living together like seven years ago, <clears throat> and like he was just getting, he was on the edge of his seat, and he was just getting so into it that he started quoting the Emperor from Star Wars saying, Do it! Kill him! <laughs> it was great. Um, and really, I think that's like the mark of like really good acting and really good writing and great character development good character building to be able to hate someone who isn't real at all so much that you visibly and audibly get excited to see them die off i i just think that's a great thing to see as, as someone who i guess has appreciates those types of things um but uh it, it's very sad to see that she went um lost but never forgotten rest in peace dame lady rig and it's very very sad that she that she went but she was 82 years old it seemed like she lived a very fulfilling life again she had a lot of great roles so hopefully she went uh, she truly went peacefully moving on to <clears throat> a story that we've been following since the beginning on unreal talk show for those who are not updated on this developing situation ray fisher the man that was cast as cyborg in the joss whedon uh, justice league uh, called out Joss and WB for treating the cast at a very high level of toxicity and just inappropriate behavior, um, such a level that Fisher is calling it abuse. Uh, he took it a step further by saying that WB and the writers were complicit in all the actions. Um, I know one of them was Jeff Johns, who it, that's kind of really hard for me to hear because not only am I a fan of the movies, but I'm a big fan of the comic book series as well, and like I have, and you know, I I love the series so much that I find out who like the artists and the writers are, and you know, I become fond of Jeff Johns' writing and all of his comic books. So it'd be really, really tough for a fan like me to swallow the notion that, you know, he is you know allowing or being complicit in you know abusive behavior towards you know, yeah, they're actors, they're they're paid a lot of money to do what they're doing, but they're still people, like they're still you know a level of you know bullcrap that you're going to be able to take from anybody so you know just because they're they're actors doesn't mean that there's not uh, a certain level of respect that they should be given um wb seems to be kind of like mudding this up um by saying that ray w is like not cooperating with the investigation uh, shortly after jason momoa another game of thrones alum and self-proclaimed bad a fish boy aquaman uh, recently went to twitter not only to show support for ray but also to drive home the the toxic and hostile set during the justice league reshoots because that's apparently whenever all this happened was during the reshoots uh, momoa wrote on his twitter this crap has to stop and needs to be looked at Ray Fisher and everyone else who experienced that under the watch of WB Pictures needs proper investigation. And to me, after all the things that I have, you know, read and we've talked about here on the show, I think it's very clear that there was a severe level of abuse and toxic behavior that may break Joss Whedon's future career as a director. 
again, as Christian, our music producer here on Unreal Talk Show, and I talked about on a episode of our off script segment uh, where we talk about like, our cancel culture, you know, all it really takes nowadays is to have some really bad information come to light and you're done in that industry. I don't believe that everyone should be out of a job for every little transgression that may be in bad taste. But for me, like there are clear lines that just shouldn't be crossed. So I guess depending on what lines Joss may have crossed, <laughs> I did not intend to rhyme that. Uh, <laughs> he may, he just may have a direct he just may not be able to direct any huge blockbusters for the foreseeable future. Again, depending on what it is, if Jason Momoa is really coming to Ray Fisher stand and saying that, you know, everything that he's saying is absolutely a hundred percent true. And there absolutely needs to be some investigation into all of this. Then I, I really feel that eventually somebody else will come forward, maybe even from a different set Maybe from a completely different movie. Like, you know, hey, I wasn't on this film, but I was on this film with him. And he, that that sounds like something that he would do because all these other things happened. So <clears throat> we really don't know what's going to happen out of this. I'm very interested to see how this is all going to play out. And believe me, as the story develops, you guys are going to hear about it. You're going to hear about my breakdown of all the information that, I, that I'm getting in. And as of right now... Like I said, for me, it's just pretty clear that Joss really did do something, and it really does seem that WB is trying to sweep it under the rug because that was Ray Fisher's claim in the beginning was that they were trying to ignore it, and then all of a sudden they're saying, well, Ray Fisher is not cooperating with the investigation, making it seem like there's a reason why he's not cooperating because none of that really happened. But all of a sudden, another A-list actor right now a big name actor right now is saying like no absolutely not everything that he is saying is absolutely true it needs to be investigated and it needs to be handled properly so i'm definitely interested to see how this is going to play out in the future now speaking of our producer christian beddingfield some breaking news today that i just learned that he was involved in an accident last night it was crazy like i we talked on the phone for a while after you know we Hadn't spoken in a little while, just busy lives, and apparently an armed robber was involved in a chase, ran a stop sign, and hit Christian's pickup head-on. The criminal, he was arrested, he, he fled the vehicle, so after he fled, he was eventually arrested. Christian has no life-threatening injuries, and we just hope that he is able to take it easy and recover quickly. So keep that guy in your thoughts, he's a really good guy. Keep the guy in your thoughts. Hopefully he, he gets through that real quickly. <clears throat> I think that is going to wrap it up actually for our current events. I am not seeing anything else that I wanted to update you guys on. So that was it for In Case You Missed It. Ba -ba 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 -ba. <laughs> We're keeping the music. We're not changing the music. I'm keeping it. <laughs> I've stuck with it this entire time. I'm going to keep it up. Now, moving right along. Again. You are listening to the Unreal Talk Show, part of the Oops All Topics podcast network on WZQC The Q. And today I wanted to talk about one specific show that I stumbled on after a, um, a, 
uh, it, just a tip from uh, a su- uh, suggestion from one of my coworkers uh, that uh, I can't believe I haven't picked up on up until this point. Uh, the uh, the the show is called AP Bio, and it's it's so freaking hilarious. Uh, you can watch all three seasons right now free on Peacock. That's the NBC streaming app. Um, it stars Glenn Howerton. Uh, you probably know him best as the psychotic um, brother from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, he plays a Harvard professor named Jack Griffin, who, after not making tenure, I believe, was the issue. Uh, he didn't make tenure at Harvard, at the at the university that he went to. He worked at for a really long time, but he did not make tenure. And because he didn't make tenure, he just threw a huge fit in the middle of this hall that they're having this meeting at and he attacks one of this like senior alums there senior as in like elderly and uh he actually got his butt handed to him as a consequence to it um but as uh as a consequence to that he has to reluctantly move back to ohio in what he lovingly refers to as his dead mother's house he never says his mother's house he always says my dead mother's house (laughs) um to work as a high school Uh, advanced placement biology teacher but he doesn't care about teaching anything about biology and he pretty much makes every effort uh, to avoid not having to teach anything about biology and made it pretty clear within the first few seconds that he is going to go out of his way to make sure that he does not teach them biology at all and it is absolutely hilarious because instead he uses the students to get revenge on his occupational rival miles um Patton oswald plays the principal uh, who is literally just the entire time is trying his best to get jack to like him um and be friends with him because you know he just thinks that jack is a really cool guy and he's never been part of the cool crowd like if you see Patton oswald in the show you can see why very clearly he wasn't ever a part of the cool crowd in high school at that time at least um jack again just uses him to be able to do whatever he wants as a teacher and really just have no responsibilities to what's going on uh the students for me though steal the show completely um they go along with helping jack with his schemes because it will get them a passing grade However, they are in AP Bio, so most of them are striving to go to college and most likely will need this information at some point. So they are constantly either pressuring or scheming themselves into being able to learn biology. At first, they pull like this elaborate ruse where um, this kid named Victor falls off of a desk um, without the supervision of jack because jack's in the teacher's lounge just doing whatever and they don't want jack there they would much rather not have him as a teacher again they they would rather have a teacher that's actually going to teach them biology so they find out that it is against policy um, for teachers to leave the classrooms unattended without someone being there so they develop this scheme to um stage that victor this this kid fell off of a desk while playing jelly bean quidditch i think is what they called it um but uh 
so because of that uh jack has to go to teacher jail um because he decides to fight being suspended for not being in the classroom like he's he's doing this to get back at the the students for not getting fired and he's also doing this because if you're in this teacher jail you are not technically suspended because you're on school property so you're still getting paid so he's using it as a way to uh to still get paid and have time to write his book without getting uh without getting distracted now if you've ever seen the office there's a character in the later seasons named nate that dwight hires uh to basically be his minion and do his bidding uh he is in this teacher jail and he's like a really funny character that like has no other place so far in the show like he's only in it for this particular episode um and uh i think his name is marcus in the show but basically he's in teacher jail because he's a teacher tickler he loves to, he in his own words he loves to make people laugh but he doesn't know any jokes so he just tickles people um and he's like but you know it just takes one time for people to call you a teacher tickler and it's over um so he's stuck in this teacher jail and uh jack decides to but apparently he knows philosophy and that's what jack's previous uh previous job was was a uh philosophy uh professor at harvard so while he's trying to write his book they kind of become friends and then he learns that not only is he a teacher tickler but he also quote-unquote dated the uh cpr doll (laughs) it's just absolutely insane and the delivery and the timing of all this it's just so funny again the students hope that this will get them a teacher that cares about biology but really it only got them the high school gym coach who only really offends the students uh especially uh ones who have like difficult pronouncing names uh because they're you know different cultured names uh after not working to get rid of jack they accept it and they go along with jack's schemes to basically secure a good grade but then like secretly learn biology in the spare time um jack is jack's character is hilarious he is basically dennis but like if dennis had taken his education seriously because if you watch always sunny in philadelphia you remember that in the earlier episodes he claims that he has a degree in psychology um he even calls the psychologist in the episode where they all um are trying to get the psychologist to decide who's going to do the dishes um he even like refers to her as his peer because he has the same education as she does um so but in that but in that show uh he is just a terrible psychotic person with a personality disorder and he can't get along with anybody uh he can't get his life together ever uh jack is is at least you know an ap bio teacher he at least held a prestigious job at one point um you know being a teacher is not terrible but you know he's at least not you know a scheming white trash bar owner um but jack is still has like the anger and like narcissism that dennis has and it shows like in the best ways um again as great as glenn is though in the show as jack the kids really steal each scene that they're like active in 
uh my favorite student is this little mousy girl uh, with like coke bottle glasses named heather she's just like super enthusiastic and like always wants to like be jack's hype man uh for one episode jack is like leaving class early for a tender date and as he's leaving he says can i get a get some and heather is like the only one who yells back get some and he's like yeah that's my girl thanks heather it's just so funny again just the timing and delivery of like all of this it's just extremely well casted again if if you're listening to this and you're needing a tv series that you can get into uh to binge watch you can download the peacock app it, again it's completely free to stream these episodes again there's three seasons uh you need to get on this show it's absolutely hilarious i'm almost done with season one so i will break down uh the entire one season opinion i guess uh but for now go check it out uh send me an email at unrealtalkshow at gmail.com or slide into my dms on twitter at unreal t let me know what you're thinking of the series i'd really like to hear what you guys thinking about it all right wrapping up today um i wanted to do a, a quick solo off script segment and again if you've if you've heard our previous episodes where we do our off scripts off script segment, excuse me, I'll take a drink of my tea. Mm. Hopefully you didn't have to hear all that. I'm sorry if you did, but I really needed that. Oh goodness. But anyway, uh, if you have uh, listened to any of our other off script episodes. Um, we we don't primarily focus or we don't necessarily i guess focus on like you know i guess the lens of of movies and television we i i just kind of use it as a way of allowing myself to talk about other things and then give our listeners kind of a heads up that you know this particular episode goes deeper into either like social issues or you know just something some you know philosophical question that i may have or may think of or you know maybe i want to have a guest on my show i just want something that gives me the leeway that does to do that and to let our listeners know you know kind of what to expect out of it um so again with this particular episode um i spent a lot of time recently kind of looking back at just kind of how my life has changed uh, since getting cancer two years ago Again, for those who are unaware, I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was diagnosed with uh, stage 2A uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma about two and a half years ago now. Um, man, time flies. It was probably the scariest time of my life. Um, I first was worried something was wrong after experiencing like a lot of night sweats and like excessive weight loss. After a little while, uh, I actually discovered like a small rubbery lump just above like my collarbone, which turned out to be the cancer. Like I, I discovered my lump and like that, that was just like such like a scary and like really impactful moment for me. And, uh, I went through about six months of chemo, uh, but luckily the, the chemo was effective to the point where I didn't have to do radiation. And that was... That was kind of the thing that I really didn't want to do out of all of it, if I can be completely honest with you. Like, you know, whenever I first went to, uh, whenever I first went to my doctor's, uh, 
consultation, I guess you would call it, um, to talk about, you know, what my treatment's going to be, like what, what exactly my cancer was, what that meant, um, and where to go from here. Um, you know, basically just telling me that, you know, we would have to do six months of chemo and potentially six months of radiation. And after that consultation, they had a scheduled class um, to kind of give to give cancer patients a kind of a heads up of what to expect for your venture going into your treatment. And out of all of the symptoms, out of you know both treatments, just radiation seemed to be the worst of it. And I was really, really hoping that I didn't have to, I was really hoping that I didn't have to deal with that. So luckily again, my, my treatment was effective to the point where I didn't have to do radiation. And after going through that cloud in my life, I realized that a lot about me has changed for the better. I mean, I would like to think, um, and it gave me much a, a, a grander and less selfish look on life that I really wanted to share and, and kind of break down a little bit because you know I, I do definitely see the difference in how my life was before I had cancer and how my life was after I had cancer and my life perspectives are definitely different and I'll explain here in a moment as to what those are but I really feel like those about the things I'm going to talk about today are you know, maybe insights that might help somebody else who's going through a hard time that's, you know, maybe struggling with some things that I struggle with that, you know, now my perspective on it is different. So if it, if it helps somebody out, great. If not, you know, just sit back, listen to my voice, and let it burn some time off the clock for you. Now, I, I think first and foremost possessions and like materialistic things like they they just don't mean much to me anymore like if i've learned anything it's that if i don't form a connection with like a materialistic thing it, it can't bring you down when you don't have it anymore or if you might have to give those things up and this is coming from someone who at one point was really depressed about like not having what he thought was enough like, I was constantly chasing the next thing to buy, the next thing to spoil myself with. And, like, it never really felt like enough. And I, I, I it just consumed me. And for the longest time, like, I, I couldn't really figure out what was getting me so down. And I just kind of learned that it, it was my connection to to just possessions. And... After having to sell a good majority of those things that I've accumulated over the years just to pay for, you know, the medical bills, you know, you learn quickly that these things come and go. Most of the time, you lose them, you don't use them, or again, I'm not trying to rhyme these things, but they're just happening. I, I guess it's just a natural skill? I don't know. But you, do, you either don't use them or you replace them before they're no longer usable like you could still like have a perfectly good phone but you still want to replace it 
after six months because the next best thing is out like the phone that you have has not even come close to reaching the end of its life but and it's still going to be a perfectly good phone with no issues on it whatsoever but some of us are willing to drop the full price of a device just so that way they can keep getting the newest released thing and i was one of those people i wouldn't be able to drop twelve hundred dollars down on a phone i'm not that ridiculous but i was at least one of those people who wanted to be that type of person and so i was lucky to have good insurance that approved a lot of my treatment that covered i was covered by the leukemia and lymphoma society again if you're not a regular listener or you sorry if you are a regular listener you've you've heard the ad that i run for them because that is how important they are to me and they 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 definitely helped me out in a time that i would not have been able to cover what they they, what they covered I, i would be drowning in medical debt right now um if it wasn't for them but even with all of that being covered i needed to be able to keep paying for all the all my other bills and all my other necessities like I still went to work as often as I could, but some weeks were were worse than others, and my paychecks would be short as a consequence. So I may have to part with something that I tried really hard to buy to take care of something way more important. But all that stuff, I can get back eventually, like if I really needed it or if I really want it. If I haven't replaced it by now, I obviously didn't need it in my life, right? So to not be attached to something as trivial as a TV, a video game console, comic books even, the things that, you know, I personally went out of my way to collect and and to curate over the years, to, to not have that attachment feels pretty good in 2020 at a time where we're stuck home and need human companionship the most to keep us sane like being locked away with nothing but your possessions while in the country quarantines like that doesn't sound like a real great time for me at least not anymore you know you might be that person and there's no judgment there like if those things bring you happiness then you know do it more (laughs) and and i mean that sincerely i you know, as as we've talked about on this show, and as I know that Jason has talked about on his show, you know, you need to increase your happiness and decrease your suffering. And then, you know, there is such thing as, you know, like retail therapy. And, it, you know, as long as you can afford it, and as long as it's not, you know, causing your family to suffer, like as long as, as long as your need for the next precious moment trinket isn't going to break the bank, like, do it like that was all that's always been my philosophy is if you can afford to do it and you really want it you know you work hard for your money you deserve to treat yourself you know we only live on this earth for a short amount of time you know before we're gone so you know we should enjoy it to an extent but while you're accumulating those things don't become attached to them you know be prepared for one day to maybe not be able to willingly give those things away maybe it's taken away from you without your consent and there's just nothing you can do about it so it just might be for me it's just something that has really brought me a lot of peace and comfort in knowing that i'm just not the type of person anymore to get upset about losing something 
you know, I haven't had to do something like that in a while, and I, I'm extremely happy to be on that side of the financial spectrum. But, you know, there absolutely was a time where I was not. And I think right now I am much more confident and prepared to lose any materialistic possession because it just doesn't need to be a priority anymore. And I'm, I'm really comfortable and glad that I know that. And <clears throat> I know that Jason has the, the bright side of Corona. You know, this is the bright side of my cancer that you know there are there are lessons to be learned in really dark you know moments in your life and you you just got to find out what what those lessons are and a lot of times at least in my experience you know the the lesson is an awakening it's it's a realization it's a moment of a huh like you know normally i would be really upset that this happened but I don't really care so much anymore. And like that's that's such a great feeling to have, especially again right now in 2020 with how things are going. That's definitely something really worth uh I guess appreciating in my life. Um the other big lesson that I learned is that you never you never really know what someone might be going through. Like, I honestly can't tell you how terrible people would treat me while I was going through the worst time of my life. And most of the time, it was with customer service. People who are paid to treat their customers, like, with respect, just did not seem to care about something that might mean... About something that might mean something to me. And the the best example that I can give is this one time Lisa and I ordered DoorDash while I was going through my treatments. And if you're listening to this now and have ever been through chemo or are currently going through chemo, if you're currently going through chemo, keep going. You're going to get through it. Everything's going to be fine. Just stick to your stick to your treatment plan and stick to your support system. And if you're currently currently going through it. You have my support 100%. But with that being said, you probably know about the, the, the changes in taste and how something like works for your taste because it's it's different now. And then you start appreciating whenever you, you find out what those things are that, that actually taste good. Like for me, like pizza just tasted like, like everything just tasted like cardboard or static. Like, it, it's just so weird to explain, but, like, you, I had to find the right things that were enjoyable to to eat or to drink. Um, and for me, it was lemonade. No, nothing satisfied my taste as good as lemonade while I was going through chemo. Well, on this particular day, I was already just really not having a great day physically, and... All I really wanted was to eat some food because I finally had an appetite and I really, 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 really wanted some lemonade. Because, again, without having an appetite for, you know, again, I honestly, I I didn't go a day without eating food. But there would be days where I would just eat like maybe oatmeal or just something small, like I really wouldn't have much, 
Um, but I went every day eating something. But on this particular day, like I wasn't feeling very good physically, but I actually had an appetite. And I was really, really, really excited about that. So, But I was more excited about the lemonade, to be completely honest with you. I just wanted to, to chug it down. And I ordered a large, the biggest one I could get. Well, when the guy arrives, he doesn't have the drinks with him. And I just, I, I honestly, politely, very politely said, we didn't, like, we ordered two drinks with this as well. And he just immediately snapped back, um, no, you didn't. <laughs> well, I just explained to him, again, the fact that I know for a fact that we did. And I know that this is a fact because of how important that drink was to me. So he just like immediately spat back, you know, do you want me to go downstairs and get my phone and show you? Cause I lived in an apartment upstairs and we were on my balcony. Um, and at this point, like I am just so boiling at a level of anger that I have, I don't know if I've ever been at and I just smile at him and I told him that I absolutely wanted him to go get his phone and show me that. So while he was going down to his car, my wife, Lisa, has her computer set up on um, the mon- the Her computer gaming computer was hooked up to the TV. The TV was being used as the monitor. Um, and it was a 55-inch TV, and I told her to go to the receipt, blow it up as big as she can blow it up, and you know just have it ready. So that way I can at least have my evidence to show to prove hey we did order the two drinks like please stop being this way and please go get our drinks and and i was really just hoping that that's like what was going it was going to amount to was just like hey like here look you know you can see my tv from a hundred yards from this point you know clearly we bought the drinks please go get them like it's a very you know I was even prepared to explain to him, like, you know, look, man, like, I understand that they're just drinks, but, like, it's pretty important to me right now. Like, can you please just go do that? Like, I already tipped him. I already gave him the money. So, you know, I guess he technically doesn't have to do anything at that point. He could just drop the food off and just leave. So, I, I, we had it ready to go. And when he gets back to the door, he just starts, you know, thumbing up and down, thumbing up and down not saying anything and he wasn't looking up and i was just asking him like are you having trouble and again he he just didn't say anything i tell him that i'm like well i have the receipt pulled up on my tv like if you would just like look up like take a look at it like you know you could just see that the drinks are on it well he would just refuse he refused to do it and he just kept looking down at his phone because he didn't know how to handle the fact that he was being super cocky about something and now he realized, like, really, really quickly that he was wrong. And not only wrong, but apparently wrong to the wrong person. Because I honestly don't know, like, what the like what clicked for me. But, like, I just went off on this guy. And, like, do I feel bad for going... Like, part of me feels bad for going off on him. But a part of me doesn't feel bad. Because, like... All he had to do was just say, like, oh, like, you didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't see those drinks there, let me go back and get them real quick, no problem, and that would have been fine. Like, 
it's okay to admit that you made a mistake. I would have been more than satisfied with that. It's like, you know, I forget to see things sometimes. Like, it, it happens, and I'm an understanding person. And even in that situation, I definitely would have been understanding. But it was the fact that he was intentionally ignoring the truth to... I guess avoid the shame that he was gonna have to end up feeling but again I I eventually explained to him why I was so angry and in front of all of our neighbors like I just started like very loudly asking like why he wouldn't admit that he was wrong and just go get our drinks like why wouldn't you just correct the issue to which again he had zero answer for he never at any point in time like you know gave an explanation as to why he wouldn't just say what the issue was but again we all know the reason why he wouldn't um well i I finally revealed to him like what i was going through and that it was the worst time of my life and that that particular drink meant more to me than he could possibly understand because sometimes it's like the small things that that keep us going it's you know because the big stuff doesn't happen all the time so the small things in life they mean a lot to us because they're the things that happen the most often so this very small thing just really meant a lot to me and just because it was a drink doesn't mean that it wasn't important and because you don't know what other people are going through maybe it's best that we all just try to do the right thing because at the end of the day we should be all striving to do that and that's kind of what I learned out of that is that you know we encounter people with a base empathy that maybe they're going through something bigger than you've ever experienced and for me doing this removes any like potential hostility that i have towards strangers and that is like really kind of cleansing within itself or kind of like you know uplifting of a weight because you know sometimes people that we don't know do things that and most of the time they're inadvertent but they get under our skin and they cause us to ask, you know, questions like, you know, why would somebody do that? But when you encounter those moments, if you just tell yourself that, you know, maybe they're just encountering one of the worst days of their life. Maybe they can't just catch a break and they're just having a really bad day. And, you know, we've we've all accidentally done something while driving on the road that wasn't technically the proper maneuver probably wasn't the proper thing to do but we did it unintentionally and we try to correct those things moving on and we would hope that anyone that we may have potentially annoyed or inconvenienced in those situations would at least understand that it was unintentional and that they didn't intend on it and but if you i mean if you did intend on it then you know i guess mission accomplished but if if you don't intend on irritating the crap out of someone then it would be really important to just kind of carry like i said like that that baseline of empathy towards people that 
maybe this person standing in front of me is just having the absolute just worst day of their life and maybe I just, just cut them a break and by doing that we kind of force ourselves to reflect on you know things that we have done ourselves and realizing that we're not perfect and that we all have to live together like we all have to get along so you know if someone does something to get under your skin try to brush it off as much as you can but if you can't you know just always try to remember that they just may be having a bad day again they could be very blunt and saying i was having a great day until this thing happened and you know they may be that blunt and direct about it but again most of the time it's inadvertent and i again would have understood that that man inadvertently forgot my drinks like i wouldn't have thought in a million years that my doordash driver got to the restaurant that i ordered the food from and intentionally said no i don't want to get these drinks they don't deserve them <laughs> i i just i just wouldn't have ever thought that so if this man would have just said hey man like i'm really sorry about that i see that now let me i have my phone i see it on my phone right here i'm gonna drive straight back to i don't even remember where we had our food from and let me go get that from you for you without me even having to explain to him that i was having a bad day because i mean really if uh, on a base level i paid for it and i tipped him to bring me the food so at that base of a level you know just on a on a goods and services level I deserve for him to go back without arguing to get my drinks as it is. At least in my opinion, you know, write into me at unrealtalkshow at gmail.com and let me know if you disagree with me on that. But me personally, I don't believe that I was wrong for being upset with him that he wouldn't just acknowledge that, you know, he inadvertently did something that may have really impacted my day. And instead of wanting to correct it, he just froze up and just did everything he could to avoid the situation. So I just think that with that particular type of reflection, I'm just able to I'm able to go about my daily life and walk about other people. Uh, without any sort of pent-up aggression, I get because I, I, I really at that time, especially, really just didn't understand why everybody was just so angry at each other just all the time. In like, I remember my dad telling me that he lived in Florida. Uh, like like while he was not not my dad told me that he lived in Florida once um and no my dad was telling me that while he was living in Florida um you know he was on one of his routes and you know he inadvertently made eye contact with a woman and smiled and said hey good morning and then she just like flipped him off like what but again maybe that person is just having the worst day of their life and 
maybe that smile just pushed them over the edge. I don't know. But having that sort of an outlook at a situation like that would just allow me to not have to worry about that weighing on my mind any future, any part of the day or the future. And I just think that that's uh, a, a great self-reflection that is worth sharing. And if, again, if that helps out, if you agree with it, great. And if not, you can throw the information away. It's really up to you, and I could take it or leave it at this point. But I definitely appreciate you guys being with us. I think that that's going to wrap it up with us for today. I really appreciate you guys sticking around and listening to my soapbox on our off-script episode. Uh, Again, you are watching... You're not watching anything. Hopefully, you're watching the road if you're driving. Or paying attention to what else is going on and I'm just in the background for you. But you have been listening to the Unreal Talk Show as part of the Oops All Topics podcast network. Again, presented by Morton College Radio. Always reminding you to lose your fears and find your voice. Subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts or follow at oopsalltopics.podbean.com. Later.